Welcome back. This is Fantastic Pains and How We Hide Them. And I am not Chris. And I'm not Karina. But we're here. Together, as usual. <laughs> back today, for more nonsense. We're, we're going to talk about the whole diagnosis story. Because mm-hmm. story time. It's good. It's story, have a time. story time. Yes, get to know us a little bit. Mm. I don't know if I want to get that deep. <laughs> <laughs> But we can definitely talk about stories. Yes. I'm trying so, to think, where do I start? In our pilot, we talked a little bit about, like, first symptoms, right? Yes. So we discussed kind of the first things that popped up that right. were a little bit weird. Um, Had this weird diaphragm thing that still happens mm-hmm. today. Yep. Tenses up and... Diaphragm spasms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then just general pain and... Um, fatigue was a major one. Yeah, I thought I was just lazy for the longest time. Right, forever. As a kid, like I would take, I would have to take like sick days to yeah. stay home. Yep. And I thought I was insane. Yeah, I would have to. I would have mom call me out just so that I could sleep for a full day. Yep. And I would sleep the full day. Yeah. Um. So I and actually the funny thing is like I rarely get ill these days. I guess. But I do. I have those like same fatigue days. Yep. But now I know what they are. And we're yeah. not just lazy. <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting that looked at finally. The fatigue? Yeah. Yay. On Monday I'm seeing I'm seeing David about taking Concerta. Awesome. So that I can function. That'll be good. I wanna kinda ask them about Concerta because that seems to be a good one. Yeah. And I've tried like Ritalin, but I don't trust it to kick in when I need it too. No. It's... And then it lasts too long and then the crashes are terrible. Yeah. And, yeah. No, from what I understand, Concert is like a lighter version. It's not That would be nice. It's not the same exact formula. It's a little different. Like I know the shape in my head. I was watching videos on it. Oh really? So like I know like the chain and how it should look and it's just a little different. It's just a different form of meth. Yes. It's good meth. <laughs> well, it's healthy meth. Healthy meth. Oh no. <laughs> Stay awake just enough. It's needed though. Yes. Well, because, yeah, fatigue is a huge factor Man. and has always been a huge factor. Yeah. I know for me, like, I have to have a designated crash day every week. Yeah. <laughs> so that I can function the next week <laughs> just to recover. Um, yep. And luckily, I work for people who are nice enough that I can text them and go, I can't get out of bed yet. I will see you guys in a couple hours. <laughs> No, you're in a good situation. Yeah, you have a, an finally. understanding job uh, and a husband who understands. And yep. You have your own house, so you can, like, it's a good situation. Yeah. It took a lot of work to get there. Shit, yeah. So kind of, yeah, if we backtrack, I'm trying to think. Road to diagnosis. So. Step our, one for me was crazy. Yeah, go, go ahead, because I'm trying to organize myself. Well, because... The first time I went to a doctor about anything, I was it was working for Mushkin. Um, they did RAM. Like, I was testing RAM kits. I was in IT. I was having a fucking blast. I love that job. Yeah. But I couldn't stay awake. I was literally falling asleep standing. And I'm like, you know, that's not... There's something wrong with me. Oh, that's when they thought you had mono. That's exactly <gasps> what I was going to say. I went to urgent care. And they did a bunch of tests. And they're like, your blood pressure changes an awful lot. Like, it changed 60 points from standing to sitting to, to laying down. I was like, I guess. This is new to me. intolerance. Yeah. And had no clue what that was at the time. Mm-hmm. Thought I was just super unhealthy. Which I wasn't. I was in great shape at that point. 
Um, and they they did some swabs. Like, it has to be mono. It sounds like mono. So it'll go away. It never went never away. Did. And yeah. I lost that job because of it. Because I couldn't work. And they needed someone in that room testing RAM kits all the time. Mm-hmm. Which sucked. I loved that job so much. It was my favorite. Yeah, man. I remember that. Yeah, I remember they thought it was mono. And then it just never stopped. Right. Well, and the exhaustion wasn't new. It just that severe was new. Right. Like it had never been that bad. Like it hit the peak. And around the same time, I was having problems with my right shoulder. So I went in to see urgent care. I went to an ER. I saw two doctors. Each time they said it was something else. The first doctor said that it was atrophy. My shoulder had atrophied because I type. (laughs) And at this point, how old were you? I was 21 or 20. That's what I thought. Yeah. And I was in great shape. Atrophied shoulder at 20. Yeah, no, that's what it was. It was, oh, so bad. Or, you know, the other people said that it was just normal pains, you know, go away in a day or two. I hate hearing that. I hate when people are like, well, everyone has pain. And you're like, don't talk to me anymore. (laughs) Just shut up. Go away. Yeah. (laughs) Did I get the mic? The headphones did work. I undid it a little bit. Oh, did you? Well, I lost the left. It's fine. I don't need left. Like, I hear you and I hear me. Well, you're good then. Good. Um, So we did... We did that, and uh, I did exercising, mm-hmm. which... Oh, PT. Yeah. yeah, I did PT, and I did a bunch of intense shoulder exercises, which damaged the shoulders more. Even worse. I had those bone spurs that were cutting the tendons yeah. and ligaments inside the shoulder. Yeah. Didn't know it at the time. You had, like, a wood chipper inside of your shoulder. Yes. In, <laughs> in both awful. of them. awful. And I couldn't sleep. That was... Insomnia was the, the other one, mm-hmm. is that I had constant insomnia from... Um, running fevers at night or freezing at night, mm-hmm. which is at the same time we were, that's when they sent me to the CDC because they thought, they thought I had a contagious disease. Right. Which I didn't. They didn't find anything, of yeah. course. So all of that led into me thinking I was crazy. So I just stopped worrying about it. Yep. I was like, oh, this must be normal. I mean, other people have pain, right? This is my everyday now. I remember having those thoughts really young. Mm-hmm. I remember very specifically wondering if everybody felt the way that I felt and I was just weird because I couldn't handle it. Yeah. Oh my God. And I must've been like six, seven, eight years old wondering if I was normal Mm -hmm. Um, or if I was just like, if I was normal and I just couldn't handle it and there was something wrong with me, like mentally right? that I couldn't cope with the things that everyone copes with. Yeah. No, I had that too. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you just think you're weak. Like, wow, I can't handle what everyone else can do on the daily. That's really weird. Yeah. And I just, for me, it was a little bit different because we didn't have the medical aspect Mm -hmm. until, until I was out on my own. So a lot of it was like chiropractic because, so, so backing up a little bit at the time they thought I was anorexic. So I was really, really underweight Mm -hmm. and they attributed a lot of what was going on to me being underweight. Um, but then I remember after I picked up some weight and after I, was considered reformed from the anorexia because they threatened to send me away yeah. if I didn't start eating. And so I made it happen. So I was like, this is ridiculous. Okay. So I made it happen. Um, so that was kind of step one was that piece where they were like, no, you're anorexic. You're fine. So kind of getting around the stomach stuff was really difficult. And that continued for years, yeah. for years. Um, like constant vomiting at least 
every other day, if not more often. Um, yeah, my stomach was a mess. It was God. really bad. I can't even imagine puking every day. Like a doctor hearing that would freak out. Yeah. But then them to just assume that it was yeah. an eating disorder. I had an eating and not disorder. That yeah. You were genuinely not able to keep food down. Well, and it was really weird the whole time because I, I thought it was an eating disorder because that's what I had been told yeah. for so long. And I was just avoidant of food as a whole because it hurt. Like it was just, it hurt to eat. It was horrible. Um, so there was a lot of like food avoidance throughout the years and I'm still I still have phases of like really bad food avoidance mm-hmm. or I'll smell something and gag and I'm like I can't eat today yeah no <laughs> but now I have kind of that freedom to avoid and come back later and reapproach and try different things um so at that point they put me on a bunch of shakes which was easier and that's how I discovered that drinking food was easier mm-hmm. just in general um and then it was my wrist was hurting really bad and my elbow hurt really bad. My whole right arm was really bad from the shoulder down. And they would take me to the chiropractor. And he told them that I had tennis elbow mm. and carpal tunnel. And at the time I was like 14, maybe. Tennis elbow from all maybe. that not tennis or right. sports? I was like, I don't do anything. I don't You know. sail two months out of the year. Yeah. Like that was it. Yeah. So that was like early stuff. And then as I got older, um, we started going to the doctor. Because when I turned 18, um, I was informed that I had... No, it wasn't when I turned 18. It was later. So I had Medicaid until I turned 19, but Mm -hmm. I wasn't aware of it until... I think it was like two, three months before I turned 19. I remember that, So I was going to lose it. Um, And so I went in for the stomach stuff, and they were like, chronic gastritis... Um, here's some stuff you can try, blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> Later down the line, when things really got debilitating was the sciatica. Yeah. And the sciatica was so debilitating. That's when we started going to like urgent cares. <laughs> Gotta remember the urgent care era. Yeah. <laughs> that that was, was the same time that I was doing the same thing. Yeah. Like you go in, you're like, I don't know what's wrong. It hurts a lot. There's got to be some sort of problem here. And they would just move your arm. Like, they would move my arm around. Uh-huh. Oh, it clicks and pops? Interesting. <laughs> yeah, we can't help you with that. That's yeah. chronic. Yep. Uh, I, you just told me there was nothing wrong with me a second ago. So, right. what is it? Right. Uh, and then I... Oh, I hit the suicidality point. Mm-hmm. There was a night I actually tried to kill myself because I was just done. I couldn't take it anymore. Like, everything was overwhelming. I'm manic anyways. I have manic depression. I hit a spot. And at that time, I was... I was insane. Like, all the pain that I was experiencing was in my head. Right. From every everything that I knew. And yeah. no one would listen to me. So I had to get put on watch. So they did a, a hold. Mm-hmm. They didn't do a, a three-day hold, thank God. Because I got to well, talk to someone is, the next day. That was right around the time that you and I kind of reconnected and yeah. discovered that we were both going through it. Because mm-hmm. at the time, I mean, it was so isolating. It was so isolating. I think for both of us, mm-hmm. not knowing what was wrong. Right. And like we, we weren't communicating at the time. I mean, we, we grew up pretty close and then we had that kind of period of like when you're, when it started getting really bad for you, um, you'd stop coming around and I would like hear things and mm-hmm. that's when they were like, oh, he's agoraphobic. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't 
think that's right. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, I think it must have been right about that time. It was. Because I was living in Castle Rock. Yeah. And Benjamin came and told me. And I freaked out because I was like, nobody would have told me if, like, it had gone, if you'd gone through with it. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would ever have found out aside yeah, from Benj telling me. So that really, like, ticked me off. And I was like, I'm going to put some elbow grease in and wheedle my way back into your life now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're just far away, too. Mm-hmm. Like, God, you were. Well, and neither of us knew what the other was going through. God, no. So that was a really interesting period. Yeah. And then when we reconnected, we we would talk. <laughs> and anything you said, I was like, oh, my God, exactly that. Yep. Or I would say something and you'd be like, oh, my God, exactly that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that was huge for both of us to feel less isolated. Right. And to have somebody who understood what was going on. And to be able to, like, explain to somebody who actually had the schema and the knowledge what was happening mm-hmm. yeah because that that was when everything started moving forward too because mm-hmm. we were talking so we knew there was something wrong for real mm-hmm. i have i was starting to worry that the kids had something that they would have gotten from me yeah and i finally found a doctor who benji was seeing that's how i found her it's through benji um the nurse practitioner who oh yeah, yeah ran yeah. tests and uh-huh. started finding out that there were actually a lot of problems yeah like she did a normal like uh, autoimmune panel nothing came back i had some false positives um but then they did the shoulder scans and mm-hmm. they saw that my they're sh- shredded yeah, they, yeah there was just tons of damage God, they were a mess and that was what started moving forward and that's when we looked at marfans mm-hmm. because that's what she suspected looking at benji yep we kind of worked backwards so the youngest mm-hmm. of us was like the the key really yeah into looking into connective disorders. Right. Connective tissue. Well, and that was exactly it. Was we had we didn't even know what we were looking for at the mm-hmm. time. And so him having that like Marfan diagnosis and it was a clinical diagnosis, so it wasn't a full fledged diagnosis to begin yeah. with. And so we started doing some research. Um and Marfans was interesting because there were some things that like lit up green for us and we mm-hmm. were like that, that but it was one of those things where you're like, yes, but. Yeah, there were, there were a lot of yes, like, but. I could see it, but it doesn't fit verbatim. Right, exactly. So, yeah, that was when we kind of were looking at all of that. Um, we went forward kind of with that for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Like I had three surgeries in that time, I remember. And then I don't remember what what happened between. I feel like something took my mind off of um well everyone kept saying to me that i couldn't have more fans because i didn't present right and which makes sense because you know it's not more fans but, yeah because benji kind of has the appearance yeah he's he's lanky and long and mm-hmm. well and i have some of the lanky and long yeah like my neck is ridiculous i look like a giraffe mm-hmm. i have a high palate <laughs> yeah like a ridiculously high palate but not everything more fancy and then it was i saw that that video that youtube video Martina. Martina and Simon. Yep. Talking about how she has to build a ladder. Her days are when she has bad days. That's right. Build she, a ladder. She starts by getting out of bed mm-hmm. and then she would, you know, find something to comfort her. So like she would, she would wear comfy clothes, find her stuffed animals she loves. She would eat something healthy mm-hmm. until she got to the point where she would go outside and move around a little bit. 
and when she was just talking about her daily life, I was like, wow, that sounds like really familiar. It's like, yeah, I have that. And I turned to Jen, I made her watch it. And she's like, that does sound like exactly like what you have. Yeah. And then we looked it up on the site. Yeah. And and that's when I presented it to to you. And I was like, holy cow, that's it. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what that is. And then not too long after. You had an appointment with the geneticist a week later. Yeah. Which really pissed me off because I had, at that point, I had my my scheduled for two years at that point. Yeah. So that's that's how that went down. So I was with Kaiser at the time. Um, So I had the one really bad doctor who I started with. And this was when I first started getting medical treatment of any kind. And she told me that she didn't think it was important that I had a diagnosis. And that was my moment of like, okay, bye. And I remember talking to you and to Jen and both of you going, you need to find a new doctor. Um, And then I found my new doctor, Dr. Wright, who has just been absolutely lovely. His name is not Dr. Wright. It is. Oh, my God. It's not spelled that way. It's W-R-A-E. No, it's R-E-I-T-E. Oh, wow. Right. Right. Yep. But Dr. Dr. Wright, Wright. he was the right fit. Um, And so he got me set up with the geneticist and referrals to other things um and really was just that was that was where it all started yeah you got yours done pretty quickly yeah saw the geneticist um got my diagnosis that same day and yeah and then from there it's just been a journey of kind of learning yeah learning about it still learning coping still yeah Oh, I mean, we had to do a lot of doctor shopping since then, too. Yep. Like, trying to find the right team. Yes. So, like, you, you've kind of built yours now to where you like it. Yeah. Well, and I hope I like it. Um, my gastro's new. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. But he seems knowledgeable, at least, um, and interested in finding answers, which is good, because I'm over it. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I'm like, I needed to stop. I think I moved it. You Sorry. did. You wiggled the thing. I did. How dare you? My bad. It's because I don't have a fidget. Oh. See, and now I lost my left. Yeah, we both don't have left now. There. <laughs> oh, there it is. Yay. Easy fix. Ta-da. I still don't have my diagnosis technically. I know. Which I'm is diagnosed ridiculous. with hypermobile disorder. Which. <sighs> which is like the layman's terms for people who don't believe in EDS. Yeah, yeah pretty much. So that's hypermobility spectrum disorder. I shoot spectrums of bad tissue at people. <laughs> That's how it works. I'm well, a and I think pain. they they do say, and I've heard people say this before, that hypermobile um, Ehlers-Danlos and the hypermobility spectrum disorder is essentially the same it is. thing. And so it should just be type three spectrum. Yeah. Because it is. It is a spectrum. And we've learned that with our own family. Um, we have at least one other sibling with it. And we all, we know it comes from our dad's side and he is not nearly as impacted as we are. No. And little brother, it's interesting how it works too, because you were the most severe, mm-hmm. but I progressed the fastest. Yep. And then he is less severe and progressing less quickly, I guess. Yeah. Well, hopefully a lot of it has to do with him being mindful. Like yeah. he knows what it he is knows now. what it is. So it's not like he's, he doesn't get the rage panics where right. he's like, I hurt everywhere and I'm going to clean this entire fucking house until I hurt more. I'm going to punish my body for hurting. Yet. <laughs> I don't feel good and I don't want to feel good more. 
I'm going to feel worse. <laughs> I deserve this. <laughs> I deserve a clean house and a hurt body. <laughs> oh, I was trying to tell me things. a clean house and a hurt body. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, from my diagnosis, it was really that was what kind of helped us get that treatment. Yeah. Because I know there's there's kind of two camps when it comes to getting a diagnosis. Actually, there's more than two camps, but two broad camps of getting a diagnosis. You have the people who, like, really need it to be that. And then you have the people who are like, it is that. And I need you to label it so that I can be treated accordingly. Yeah. That's where I sit. I, yeah. I need, for some doctors, I need a piece of paper that says that this is what it is. When I was diagnosed. Yeah. For some of them, not all of them, some right. of them. Because some of them you can look at and be like, I'm not officially diagnosed, but my sister is, and then we have Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. So, Yeah. <laughs> and I tell people all the time, I'm like, I have two brothers with it. Like, it's the same condition whether you're diagnosed or not. Mm -hmm. And that's really what takes me off about uh, our adventure with your geneticist. Oh, my God. Who wasn't even the geneticist? Let's be clear on that. <laughs> he was... Uh, I mean, the nurses that we saw were very nice. The mm -hmm. nurse practitioners and the, the student that was sitting in. They seemed so exasperated with him, too. Yeah, they and knew. Just like, I could tell after the fact that they knew what was coming up because they were like, you're classic. Like, yeah. this is EDS all the way. But we have to see what the doctor says. Because we saw them for like a good 20 minutes, right? Like, we sat in with the nurses and yeah. did all the tests. We did the bite and mm -hmm. scale, measured my arms, my height. I was good to go on everything. Yep. And I was there for reference. Yeah. So that they could see like it all, it's all there. And even like the mildly extensible skin. Yeah. Like it's all there. But the doctor does not believe in Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. No. Which is extremely frustrating because he literally holds the key to appropriate treatment right well and he had the balls to say that yours doesn't count right. not only do i not have it but your pre-existing yeah. diagnosis is bullshit because i exist yeah yep because of the criteria you have to have you have to have a family member who has it mm -hmm. but you would have been the first diagnosis mm -hmm. and you were diagnosed and that criteria with was the knowledge met yeah because you have siblings with the same problem mm -hmm. yep. we didn't say that <laughs> i was diagnosed with eds we didn't right. say benji was diagnosed with eds yeah. So that's that was literally the only missing piece was yeah. having a family member with a diagnosis. Right. So I just got to get in with and Kaiser. Do Kaiser for like yeah. a couple months and get a diagnosis. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't really I don't need it. Need it. All my doctors believe me, which is great. Yeah. And I think it helps like even just me having that tag helps mm -hmm. a lot. And I know it helps you and it helps Benj yeah. being able to say my sister has an official diagnosis, this is what it is. Yeah, but I found it. You did. I should have gotten the diagnosis first. Right. It's so annoying. It is. It's frustrating. I, I, and I just, I was lucky enough to be working a job where I actually had No, it's like you said, we all were lucky enough that you had it. For the first time. Yeah. For the first time in my life, that was the first time I had medical insurance. Yeah. With real insurance. Um, And then, yeah, even when I moved jobs out of the school district i had to make sure one of the uh qualifiers for me taking the job was that it was kaiser nice because i was like i've built this team i've worked my butt off to build this team mm -hmm. i need to stay with kaiser yeah yeah my team had to put together kind of piecemeal 
<laughs> like, because everyone's kind of in-house for you. You just had to find right. the right one in the house. Mm-hmm. I had to go throughout, like, the state for some of them. Right. Like, finding the right pain management was insanely hard. Yep. Well, and on that side, like, you have a leg up in comparison to me. Right. With pain management. So, Kaiser doesn't technically have pain management. I did take, um, before they, like, treated me, I guess, they had me take these, like, night classes mm-hmm. about coping skills and managing chronic pain. And even throughout this class, when I was in this class, um, and it was really interesting because it reaffirmed all the things I was already doing. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, we're doing everything right. And that's how it can, and that's why it can be so frustrating when pain is still overwhelming because we are, we're doing everything right because we had to learn ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that was unfortunate that we had to go through and kind of teach ourselves how to deal with everything. Yeah. But we have a strong foundation at this point of coping skills and techniques and strategies and mindfulness and all of that. Um, but even throughout the classes, they would look at me and go, this isn't really built for you. No. This is different. I like I, I did group. That's why I found my current pain management because they tie in a lot of the mental aspects. Mm-hmm. That was the whole point. I'd been to, to pain management where they just prescribe more meds. Right. And then they look at you like you're being the asshole when you ask for help in other ways. Like, yeah. I'm dealing with this mental thing, and I feel like if we address this, I won't need pain meds as much. Like, right. if I could deal with this, I'm like, no, no, we, we're just not going to. We can up your pain meds more. Yeah. Which is not the answer. Never, never, ever do that for mental stuff. Yeah, no. It's, That's how you get addicted. Oh, it's bad news. It's just, and they, and then the, the way system they sets you it. up for it. Yeah. I was gonna it's, say, it's so like, irritating. They put me on fentanyl patches for a minute. Like, if I wanted to, I, I could abuse the shit so of that. Sick. Oh, God. It, it tore me up. Oof. We burned through it too quickly. Mm-hmm. We, well, and that's the other metabolize thing. Metabolize it. With Ehlers-Danlos, and unfortunately, there's not enough research about this little quirk, but it's widely known mm-hmm. that it exists, that we process medication weird. So I tell my doctors a lot of the time that I either process it all at once or not at all. Yep. Um, and part of that is like the stomach issue and part of it is just the way we metabolize things in general. So anesthesia can be really tricky. Mm. Um, and you can wind up waking up in the middle or they can give it to you and it'll take 18 hours to process out of your system. Or you could get a nerve block that lasts weeks. Yeah. (laughs) Like six weeks. I'm still numb on the inside. Oh my God. There's still, and Coming back to life from the nerve block was the most painful part of all of that. Well, it it was so so slow. It's like, you know, that burning sensation when they go out, Uh they have to wake up the same way, except it's doing it so slowly. So it's like hitting your funny bone, like really hard to the point where it just is agony. Yeah. It's like that only in my leg (laughs) constantly. So yeah, nerve block was not my friend. And, and I told everyone, I was like, they're like, I'm so sorry that happened to you. And I'm like, you know what? I learned a thing. (laughs) I learned not to let them give me nerve blocks in the future. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it was... So that's how we ended up at, at that clinic. Mm-hmm. They they tie it together. They do all the mental health stuff, and they make you take classes. And it was the same thing in classes. I wasn't learning so much as just reaffirming yep. and making sure I had the right coping skills, which yeah. is really nice. And it's kind of nice to be there to help other people. Like right. being in a room with, with people who have different issues, mm-hmm. you know, just talking it out and it was really well, nice. And then there's the other part where you find that, like, one person... You probably don't have that because your clinic is really good about it. No, but you I find that like one person who's like just there for the drugs, yep. and they're so 
angry about having to take the classes. Yeah, being in the class and is like, the worst. Grow up. It doesn't help. Like they're so obvious too. Right. Like they're just like, I just want my drugs. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, we know. <laughs> it was a. It was the sweet seventy year old lady. She was. She had her back. Her, her upper neck had work on it. And she was like, she she started the class. Like we would go around and introduce ourselves, and she would go, um, "I'm here because my back hurts, and they won't give me my meds unless I do this class. I don't know why I'm here. Oh. I just need the meds." And thank God, Brittany, the the therapist, was like, "I understand. Mm-hmm. Let's just work through it. Maybe you can learn something that'll be helpful. Maybe not, but yeah. at least you're here." Yep. She handled it with grace, and eventually, she would go to the right. the and group therapy. If you just get more because. buy-in, yeah. And I think your clinic's really good about that, where yeah. they form relationships. Yeah. Which is hugely important, um, especially when you're looking at pain medication in general. I think it's really important to have a good relationship with whoever that provider is mm-hmm. so that you can avoid things like addiction. <laughs> no joke. Yeah. Um, and we've been really good about that for the most part, because we, like, in pain management, when they talk about all of this stuff... They would still look at us and go, this isn't necessarily for you because our pain is different from chronic pain. Yeah. So like chronic pain usually refers to a pain. Right. right? So like a back injury or her poor neck. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's chronic pain as it's known widely. <laughs> Whereas we have seven or eight different pains going on at the same that time. That rotate through. Secularly. Yeah. Right. At the beginning of my, my check-ins, uh, I have to talk to Nicole, who's the nurse, and she's like, all right, last month it was your back and your hip. Has it changed? I'm like, yeah, so it'll be my left knee and my right shoulder, too, and more my upper back this month? Yep. <laughs> yep. Because that's the thing is that, like, your your poor muscles have to try to compensate yeah. for our crap ligaments. <laughs> And tendons and all of that that just does not work and it doesn't do the job it's supposed to do. Mm-mm. And so your body has to try to make up for that in any <laughs> way it can. And then that itself causes more injury. Yeah. <laughs> and more muscle fatigue and burnout. And yeah, it's not enjoyable. Mm. But yeah, no, it's it's been a trip, man. It's been a journey getting here. We got here, though. We did. Eventually. Not everybody is that lucky. No. There are people who... Who, what, Wait until discover- their 40s yeah. before they're diagnosed. It's insane. And that's, I think, part of why it's marked as a rare disorder when we know it's not. Yeah. It's really not. It's just really poorly diagnosed. There are so many zebras in our area. Yeah. <laughs> so Come across many. them everywhere. But yeah, no, it's been, it's been a trip, man. Yeah. I mean, that, that sums it up, right? Yeah, pretty much. From now on, it'll be whatever happens. We can we can talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. Well, do you want to address your surgeries? Oh. Oh yeah, yeah. I've I've done many surgery. <laughs> All the surgery. Um, in order, I did a right shoulder scope. They had to go in and fix a tear mm-hmm. and clean up the the ligaments and stuff. And then they had to tighten it. I think the first time they tightened it and they weren't supposed to. Oh. So we had to go back and do a second surgery where they loosened it up, fix another tear, and some more bone, bone spurs. And then we did the left shoulder, like, yep. a couple of months after that. Same thing. They had to fix one of the tendons that was cut almost all the way through. And they had to clean it up and get rid of the bone spurs. And then I did... Um, that's when I had that tumor in my spine. Yep. There was a schwannoma tumor 
on a nerve bundle in the subdural. So that was the side pain, right? Yeah. Like that was, they thought it was a kidney thing for a long mm-hmm. time. And they looked at everything. They thought it was they gastro. Figure it out. They thought it was kidney. They thought it was other nerves. Mm-hmm. So like they, they checked the area, but it was, it was literally just a little tiny schwannoma on my spinal cord yeah. that they had to open up my whole back go in remove it inside of the dura yeah it was cool yeah it hurt like a bitch but it was cool <laughs> and it worked i mean i don't have that side pain anymore yeah which is great because that i remember it was just so debilitating mm-hmm. and you were miserable yeah for a long time yep and it started it was funny the first time i noticed that pain was on my 30th birthday really like the day i remember one way halfway through the party i was like oh my side hurts i'm gonna go lay down for a little bit that was the beginning That's funny. That's one way to mark out time. Yeah. And then at that point you had done your right shoulder. Yep. And then you did your right hip. Yep. After my right hip? Uh, Or before? uh, I can't remember who did that first. It was, it's sequential for summers. Yeah. So last June. You would have done it first. Was my right hip. Because I did my right hip in September. Yeah. Jen had that like convention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I did my left, and then you did your left. Yep. And there we are. Yeah. So that's surgery town. And like we said before, I think in another video, surgeries are kind of temporary fixes. Yeah. Some of them are. Um, the spinal stuff yeah. should last. But like yes. the, anything in the major joints is only going to be like, they say, four to eight years or three to eight years. I get, I get three to eight years. Usually three to five. Is eight is I like heard. the max. Uh-huh. Yeah. Eight but like, is if you're, you're special, really lucky that it lasted that long. Yeah. So, and I know not everybody is um, up to doing a surgery every year, but I think for us, the surgery pain, and surgery pain is so interesting because it takes up all the brain space, Mm -hmm. which is so nice. It's It's so nice to have just one pain. It's the same thing. You focus on the one thing instead of everything at the same time. Yeah. So my first, yeah. And it overshadows everything. It's great. So recovering from, from surgery is actually not a horribly... No, but in the change, like the... You feel so much better afterwards. Yeah. Like the ability to move again. I couldn't raise my right shoulder above shoulder height mm-hmm. before. I had to like have someone help me to reach things yeah. that were above because I couldn't reach. I had to like well, pop I couldn't, it through a cycle. I had to like... Yeah, there's that movement. Yeah, you have to unhook it up. to get it up. And it was just dislocating constantly. Yep. Constantly. And I was in so much pain. Yeah. So eventually we'll do the left shoulder when I can spare a hand. Yeah. I'm looking at <laughs> knees next. Cause I don't those... know what knees are going to look like, though. But you've seen. I just look at my knees like mad. Constantly, yeah. They just this one's been go. really bad lately. Now Oof. that I have another leg for some reason, this yeah. one is just like giving up hope. Well, because you've been using it more. Exactly. It's, it's, it's like, like I'm to put in done. The Goodbye. I said good day. It's my turn to be a mess. You're like, no, 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 no. Shoulder first, then yeah. you. And then they do. Calm they down. take turns. The whole body is like, what's going to hurt today? Mm-hmm. What is it? Shoot. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the road so far, man. And now we're here, and we're looking at gastro stuff, and we're looking at uh, neuro stuff. The neuro will be interesting for you. Yeah. Because I only touched on neuro. Like, I've done some of the tests that you've done, but... 
because it wasn't the cause of what we were looking at, they yeah. never went into it deeper. Mm-hmm. You're finally getting in to see like what it is. So. Yeah, because we did muscle relaxers forever. And yep. I tried every muscle relaxer under the sun and nothing was making an impact on the spasms mm-hmm. at all. Um, and then finally, when I talked to this neurologist, because my last neurologist was like, oh, it's migraines. Mm. I was like, no, I it's not. That, yeah. It's not migraines. And then it was, oh, they're seizures. I was like, but they're not. It's not seizures. And then at that point, my <clears throat> my um, GP looked at me, Dr. Wright looked at me, and he was like, maybe you should get a second opinion and see a different neurologist. Yeah. And he was like, we have neurologists here. And I was like, that is the, that's all I needed to hear. Because you have that guilt about doctor shopping. Yeah. In the future, we'll do a whole episode on mm-hmm. it. Or at least a, a portion of an episode on doctor shopping. Yep. Because you have to do it. And it's an, it's important to understand the purpose of it and yeah. why why you're allowed to do that. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you're allowed. Yep. And you should. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's the road so far. Started from the bottom, now we're here. <laughs> Hopefully it was entertaining, or yeah. at least... Informative. Yeah. In some way. Yeah. Story time. Right? It's crazy to think back on like the whole thing i know i don't remember half of it until i think about it and i'm like oh yeah that did happen right i did do that oh my god right yeah when i tell people they're like oh my god and it doesn't register in my brain as like a big deal yeah because for us this is normal yeah well it's normal and it's excited about having surgery generally it's like counting down for disneyland Mm -hmm. yes finally (laughs) because it's such a relief it really is it can be yeah So do you want to sign off? Yeah. All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed our story time. Yeah. I I enjoyed it. It was great. Remember when you said that thing and I laughed? You guys. You're so funny. Oh, my God. (laughs) What, I can't flirt with them? (laughs) Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. I'm here. Just, you know. He's not single. I'm I'm not. I'm going to throw that wrench in there. Single. (laughs) Just for funsies. (laughs) you're not either so no i'm not nobody (laughs) wants to deal with this mess that's fair all right true facts we'll talk to you guys in the next one all righty ta-ta bye